I was a college athlete. I was in great shape and I had a little swollen lymph node on my neck. I'd gone in to have them take a look at that, not really thinking it was anything at all. I was told I had big tumors in my chest, between my heart and my lungs, up through my neck. And I really thought that I was going to die. From outside, this is The Daily Rally. Short stories of resilience in the face of big challenges and unexpected adventures. Today, an athlete's cancer journey leads him to the community he didn't know he needed. After this. My full name is Connor Hall. In terms of nicknames, the most prominent one is probably El Presidente, or Pres for short. I currently live in Denver, Colorado, but I grew up in Crestone, Colorado, which is one of the, and I say this fondly, but probably one of the weirder mountain towns out there. I think it's impossible to grow up in Crestone, Colorado and not come out with some endearingly weird tendencies. I'm a horrible singer, but I love karaoke. It gets the people going, you know? I'm a complete political nerd. I've spent a long time working in Colorado politics, working to promote causes that I believe in and care about. I serve as Colorado's director of the Outdoor Recreation Industry Office. So do a lot of economic development work, a lot of stewardship conservation work, a lot of education, kind of workforce development work, a lot of work around public health and more equitable access to the outdoors. I honestly think I have the best job in government. I also love, maybe not surprisingly, to do just about anything outside, hiking, camping, snowboarding, kayaking, supping, anything that gets me out. The through line in those passions really come back to community. There was this running joke in my middle school, high school, college friends that I was invincible. There were just a (laughs) kind of a very high amount of these very close calls with death or extreme injury that I kept walking away from. Falling off a cliff, being missed by a giant rock and a climbing mishap. I had to do an emergency, un- unplanned emergency, unassisted landing in a cow pasture and a skydiving mishap. I'd been in a horrendous mountain biking wreck. I rolled a car multiple times, dodging a deer. Then every single time I just walked away completely fine. That just really starts to permeate into your mentality. And, and that's really how I, you know, for better, or for worse, kind of looked at myself. And so to get this diagnosis, this was a whole different thing. It's the last day of my sophomore year in college at Earlham College in Richmond, Indiana. I had been taking like 10 credits over the credit limit. (laughs) It was burning the midnight oil. So it had gotten pretty sick. I I just thought it was a bad cold. So I went down to the little health services center. So I would got something for my cold, like little decongestion. And I was walking out and I had this little swollen lymph node on my neck. I was like, hey, you know, should I be concerned at all about this and now they're like no probably not but we'll get a scan just in case so i'd you know go down to the local hospital and get a scan and then things started to get weird no one would tell me the results took me back to the school and there was a lot of whispering they asked if if i could bring in my twin brother for the news who went to school with me there and they got my mom on the phone and that's when i knew yeah this was something that was probably pretty bad the ct scan has revealed two major tumors in my chest wrapped between kind of my heart and my lungs, 11, 12 centimeters. 
and then tumors kind of all up through my neck and my lymph nodes. Basically spells out that I have Hodgkin's lymphoma, stage two bulky. Everyone was crying. I think I was the only one who wasn't crying. And I immediately went into that mode of trying to comfort everyone and tell everyone that it was going to be fine. When in reality, I did not think it was going to be fine. It wasn't until probably an hour later when I was finally alone, just sitting on my dorm bed where like it all started to hit me and I just completely broke down. Just feeling these feelings of you know, pity and fear and anger all wash over me. I was just so such a scary thing. My immediate connotation with the word cancer was death. <laughs> I had to kind of focus on the treatment full time. And so that's what I did. I'd go in to do my chemotherapy treatment every two weeks. I was in there for five hours while they, you know, just pump all of these chemicals into you. And it is an awful experience. There's no way to sugarcoat that. Couldn't go to school that next semester. And so I came up with this whole plan to stay mentally sharp. I taught myself economics and stock trading and was learning Spanish and came up with, you know, 50 books to read and then tried to stay physically sharp too. After every session, I would go play sand volleyball with all my friends. We'd do three, four hours of hard, intense sand volleyball. And sometimes I had to push a little bit to make that happen. But there was something so important to me to physically get out there with those guys, but also just mentally, emotionally, to know that I could still do that. It was tough and awful and scary, but it certainly felt that it was important to maintain that positive attitude, to just finding ways to live beyond that diagnosis. A couple months after I finished treatment, I went on a first sense program, this nonprofit that helps young people battling cancer who've, who've survived cancer heal through adventure, through kayaking and rock climbing and surfing. I was like, well, I don't, I don't need a support group, but I'll go do a free adventure for a week, you know, anytime. Don't have to twist my arm. I went surfing in North Carolina, and I meet these 12 other young people from all around the country, all different walks of life, all different types of cancer, and we spend this amazing week together. There's something so incredibly re-empowering about riding your first wave or, you know, cresting a rock wall or running your first rapid after months, sometimes years of this body-breaking, mind-melting treatment. It's just like that you can still do some of these things, that you're still powerful. But the most important thing was the community that was built there. And it turns out I actually did need a support group. <laughs> Especially at a young age of facing your own mortality like that. The highs and the lows and, and the loneliness and... These people all intimately understood that and had battled with that. And that comes out as you're like waiting to catch a wave or you're sitting around the campfire. It is truly healing through nature and healing through adventure. And so I just saw and, and deeply experienced firsthand the effect of community and the power of it. You know, you can be vulnerable and there's a lot of power and good in that. And it's a really natural way for any young person to build community and to get that kind of re-empowerment. And I left that trip and I just said, I'm going to do anything I can to help this organization and to make sure that any person in my shoes, any, anyone battling cancer who has survived cancer, has access to this type of healing and this type of community. 
And so that's what I've done for the past 10, 11 years now. I'm really happy to say I just celebrated 11 years in remission. I feel incredibly lucky and incredibly blessed. When I sum it up in a sentence, I always say it was a blessing I would never wish upon anyone else. I think it amplified those deeply held values of relationships, of community, of really appreciating and enjoying life. Even if you feel alone in that moment, there are always people there that that will support, even sometimes complete strangers, because I think people are inherently deeply good, because every person in this world has some community. Reach out and ask for it. Connor Hall is the director of the Office of Outdoor Recreation Industry for the state of Colorado. When he's not improving access to the outdoors or enjoying it himself, you can find him trying to sing Don't Stop Believing at a karaoke bar. Learn about the incredible work First Descents does by visiting firstdescents.org. This story was produced by Patty O'Connell. want to hear your stories. Please nominate the people in your life who found a way to rally. Go to outsideonline.com slash daily rally, where you can also see photos of many of our guests. The Daily Rally was created for Outside by me, Kat Jaffe, and House of Pod. The executive producer for Outside is Michael Roberts. Additional production and script editing by Marin Larson, and additional editing by Sarah Fuss Kessler. Our audio editors are Kevin Seaman and Benny Beausoleil. And our music is composed by Louis Weeks. We appreciate our Outside Plus subscribers who make this show possible. To learn about the many benefits of a subscription and to subscribe now, go to outsideonline.com slash pod plus. Thank you for listening.